All right, so if you have a Bible, I would love for you to grab one. We're going to be in the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, that's fine. Uh, in the lobby at the welcome table, there are some Bibles. Uh, if you don't own one, please grab one. That's our gift to you. Uh, we'd love for you to take one. And also, it's going to be on the screen, uh, this tiny screen behind me. Uh, the scripture will be on there. Uh, if you've never been here this morning uh, or just visited with us, uh, again, thank you so much for being here. Um, it's an honor that you're here this morning. So Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. We've been in a series talking about rest, talking about the idea of Sabbath, uh, and we're going to really just kind of close that series today and really kind of dive in into God's Sabbath, entering into God's Sabbath uh, so to speak. And I'm going to give you like some things that can keep us from that Sabbath and also some things that uh, will keep us into God's Sabbath and his rest. So if you're at Hebrews chapter four, give me a good amen out there before you go to sleep on those nice, comfortable chairs. All right, just because we talk about rest don't mean you get to rest while I'm preaching, all right? You better check yourself because I could see who hauls in them comfy seats. All right, Hebrews chapter four, let's get to it. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just, just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest, as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all of his works. And again in this passage he said, They shall not enter my rest, since therefore it remains for some to enter it. And those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Again, he appoints a certain day today saying through David so long afterwards in the words already quoted today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Let's pray this morning over the reading of God's word. God, thank you so much that you brought us here, and some of us may be looking or searching for some word. I thank you, God, that you have just spoken to us, and the word of the Lord this morning is that we rest, that for those of us who believe in Christ Jesus can find rest in an age of anxiety. So may we enter into that Sabbath rest that you have for us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. We are, thank you, we are a sleep-deprived generation. In fact, in 1942, the average, some of us are sleep-deprived. Uh, the rest of you sleep a little too much, and I'm looking at two people who nap uh, way too much. In 1942, the average person would receive about eight hours of sleep. Today, that average has dwindled down to at least 6.5 hours 
of sleep. It is estimated that elementary students and below should receive at least nine or 10 hours of sleep at night. College students and above should be getting seven to eight hours. And when we have a lack of sleep, we get, we're just ill. We're ornery people. We get filled with anxiety. We start worrying about things. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, about a lack of sleep makes you do some incredibly crazy and ridiculous things. In fact, according to the World Economic Forum, the U.S., listen to this, this is crazy, from the World Economic Forum magazine, the U.S. loses the equivalent of around 1.2 million working days per year due to people just not getting enough rest. And here's what that means to the economy. The USA loses approximately $411 billion a year in their GDP. But if everyone would just get at least an extra hour of sleep, check this out. There would be a 226.4 billions and billions boost to the economy. I had to do it because I miss hearing it, right? All right, anyway. So most of us were restless. We're probably in that category of people who are below the six hours of sleep. Most of us are restless because we procrastinate. Any procrastinators in the room this morning waiting until the last moment to do something? Some of you are like nudging the person beside you and say, you better raise your hand because we know who you really are. Some of you, you're restless because of worry, because of anxiety, because of this need to work harder so that you can gain more in life. There are many ways that we can find ourselves that we are restless. But I think what the writer of Hebrews is wanting to point us back to is this idea of the Sabbath rest that God has on the table for all who believe. And if there's one thing that I think you should know from this text, it's that our strength comes from not how hard we work, but in how hard we rest. Let me say that to us one more time so that we can get that. Our strength will come not in how hard that we work, but in how hard that we will rest in Christ Jesus. Now, I know that seems counterintuitive to everything that we've been taught, but God's command on us is that we have rest. Let me define rest for us before I get into the text and trip over these wires this morning. There are a few definitions of rest, and I'm just going to go through five of these found in the dictionary, and I think you will find that these definitions correlate with God's idea and the biblical idea of rest. The first definition of rest that the dictionary defines is a ceasing from action or motion. There are many definitions from our English dictionary, but a lot of these definitions would really correlate with the Greek and Hebrew definition from the Bible of what it means. So first of all, to rest means to cease from action or motion, to, to stop what you're doing, to stop dead in your tracks, and, and just to cease, right? And I think you could apply that by God's rest. It means no more self-effort, no more relying and trusting in your works. And the moment that you enter into this Biblical definition of rest, works cease to please God. I mean, 
And honestly, from what we understand from the Bible, that your works really can't please God anyway. In fact, if we want to exegete the text this morning, we could find that Isaiah would say that your works are nothing but a filthy rag. And I don't think I need to go through that passage in order for you just to understand that that's a disgusting thing, that God has equated your works to a disgusting rag. That's what your works are, according to God, according to Scripture. But the rest that Christ offers us is a a cessation or, or a stop or a cease from trying to please God, from trying to do good your whole life and just to rest into his grace that what he has for you is enough. That's the first definition of rest. The second definition that the dictionary defines for us is to be free from whatever worries you or whatever disturbs you. Every little thing that pounds in your head, every little thing that's distracting you, every little thing that's keeping you up at night. What is keeping you up at night, by the way? It's keeping you from resting in the grace that God has for us. And I think bringing that across into God's rest, we would say that to enter God's rest just simply means to be at peace with God. More than you needing peace financially or relational peace, or peace in your marriage, the greatest need that you need is peace from God. And when you have this peace from God that gives you this rest from all anxieties, a rest from all of the sin, that would be the second way that we define rest. Just a few more. Thirdly, rest in the dictionary. Dictionary. I mean, you try to come up here and do what I do every week. It's harder than it looks is defined as to lie down or be settled or to be fixed. There's no more shifting around, no more tossing to and fro. And I think what you can find um, from God's rest is that, that we're theologically grounded into his, his, his grace. No more what the apostle Paul would say, being tossed uh, to and fro from doctrine to doctrine. Right? We're, we're resting in the gospel of grace that Jesus has for us. Fourthly, seems like this is a never-ending list. Rest and the dictionaries also remains confident to put your trust into something. I think that we could find this same rest biblically and through the view of God that we can remain confident in God's finished work for us. That we don't have to be confident in any things that we can bring to the table or confident in our works. We just remain confident in the works of Christ Jesus. And lastly, the dictionary says that rest means to lean on to something. I wonder if that sounds familiar to any of you. In fact, Heather just sang about it. If it didn't, we are to lean into God. In fact, Proverbs would tell us that to don't trust in yourself, but to trust in the Lord and and in all your ways, lean into the Lord, right? I think I had that backwards, but you catch the drift. But we are to lean into God's understanding, lean into God's way, not lean into our own understanding or the cultural's understanding or definitions of things. And so this, this idea that the dictionary is plainly pointing out, that the Bible has plainly pointed out that this rest that God has for us is a rest in Christ's peace that he has for you, this confidence that we know God has us 
a confidence in our faith, a confidence in our salvation, a confidence in that Christ has us in his hands and he won't let us go. And so this is how we rest. This is the biblical definition of rest that God wants us to enter into, that we have peace not with ourselves, but peace with God. A peace not with financial security, but a peace with God. So when the Bible says here in Hebrews chapter 4, that God offers you rest, it means that all of those things that we just defined this morning, they're for us. This new relationship with God is multifaceted. It's full, it's blessed, it's sweet, it's satisfying, it's peaceful, and it brings us into this Sabbath rest. But just as the Israelites could never enter into the promised land or this rest, there's a danger for us that we too could be in, we could not enter into this rest. And so let me finally get into my sermon. That was just my introduction, but chill out because I only have three points and I'll get out of your way really quickly, okay? So there are several things in this text from the writer of Hebrews that, that we want to look at that's, that's either causing you to enter into the Sabbath, or at least it's an invitation for you to enter into the Sabbath. So look at this first thing found in verse one. Look at back in verse one for me, if you can. Therefore, while the promise of entering into his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news, the word of God, this gospel, came to us just as it came to them. And he's referencing back to the children of Israel and the the wilderness, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. So did you catch what can lead, what can keep you from entering into the Sabbath? Did you catch that this morning? It's, it's unbelief. It's this idea that you just cannot believe that God has so much more for you, that God can actually bring you into his peace, that God can actually bring you into his rest. The reality of it is, is that we get caught up in the busyness of life, the mundane. We get caught up in the cultural anxieties that are all around us. And in these verses, we could see that many of the Israelites, they heard this, this good news, or we could just say it's the word of God. And we're told that this promise is not just for the Israelites to enter into rest, but it's for the people of the New Testament and also for us that we can enter into the spiritual rest, or we'll just call it the eternal Sabbath. And they had this same promise. But what kept them from entering into Sabbath, what kept them from entering into rest, can be the same thing that can keep you from entering into rest and entering into the Sabbath. And what is it? It's this unbelief. It's this belief that my situation is too far gone for God to bring me out of. It's this idea that we, we, we play these, these stories in our head that my situation is too, too difficult or too hard for God to handle. My anxieties are far too great for a God to care about me. And we do what I've always said we do. We do this thing where we navel gaze, right? You have a navel, right? 
nod your head. You have, everyone has a navel. You may be inward or outward. I don't know. I'm not here to judge. But we do this thing where we navel gaze. And we do the Eeyore thing. Well, God doesn't care about me. Nobody likes me. I guess I'll go eat worms. Don't eat worms. But that's the idea and the position we take. And so we cannot believe that a a big God who's created all things, set all things into motion, could actually care about you and I. And so we just don't believe. Verse 2 says, For good news came to us, just as to them. This good news for them is that they have this promise, this land that's flowing with milk and honey. But what happened? You remember the story in Exodus when Moses is leading the people and he's leading them out of captivity, he's leading them out of slavery. What happens with the people of Israel? They, get, they, they just start complaining. There's just disbelief that sets into their heart. And so what happened to them because of the disbelief? A whole generation passes, and for 40 years they're wandering, and they do not get to step into the Sabbath rest that God has for you. And I think the principle for us and the application for us is evidently clear that the same thing could be had of you guys and for me. God has an eternal Sabbath that's laid out on the table for you and I. And there's one thing that can keep you from that, and that's disbelief. So what, is, what do we do if there is disbelief in our hearts? Hebrews would later go on to say in chapter 12 that you fix your eyes on Jesus Christ. That's how you counter, that's how you fight disbelief, is that your eyes are always on Christ Jesus, that he's the one that can bring you into his eternal Sabbath Rest. And so now look at verse 3, because now God's going to paint this picture of what this rest really looks like. In verse 3, for we who have believed enter the rest, as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. As we think through this concept of God resting, does God need sleep? I've always thought this kind of interesting. God rested on the seventh day. Does does God grow weary? No, he doesn't. Thank you in the back. I appreciate that. No, God does not. He's not like, hey, chill out. I'm going to go take a Robin McGinnis nap. Okay, let me pick on Miranda. I'm not going to take a Miranda thrower nap and be back in three or four hours. God doesn't do that. He does not need rest. So what is he saying? So when God created everything in six days, he creates everything. He creates the heavens, the earth. And I would just present to you that he also created the covenants. He creates how things are going to go. And he creates this idea of Sabbath. And the reason why he creates this covenant of Sabbath and this idea of Sabbath for the Israelites and for you and I is so that, and he wants them to take this one day to step into the Sabbath so that they can get a glimpse of what it's going to be like to have an eternal Sabbath and rest with him. 
It's not the idea that God needs rest. It's the idea that he knows that his children will need rest. And that rest was introduced to them so that they can have this vision of what eternal rest is going to look like with Christ. The problem is, is that over the years, especially into the intertestamental period, this is like right after the last book of the Bible, Malachi, when that, that prophet finally shuts his mouth, there are 400 years of nothing. And between this time of the latter days of the, of the prophets and in this intertestamental time, these religious leaders began to add on to things. Oh, so Sabbath doesn't mean just rest. It means that you can't even like go two feet down the road. It was all these rituals and laws and more extra biblical laws. In fact, it was more exhausting to keep the Sabbath than it was to work on day one through six for the children of Israel by the time Jesus steps into the scene. In fact, this is why Jesus comes in in Mark chapter 2, verse 28, and he tells them, which almost got him killed, that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. And so he's reintroducing them back to this idea that he is the one who created Sabbath so that they can have this glimpse of this reality that God wants them to enter into an eternal Sabbath, one that is only found through Jesus Christ. So he says, he is the Lord of the Sabbath. Now, this is a bogus claim. Either Jesus is bonkers or he's God. Hear what Jesus just said in Mark chapter 2, verse 24, that, or 28, that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. He is the one who created the Sabbath. He is the one who sustains the Sabbath, and he is the one that you go to in order to find the Sabbath rest. So either Jesus is crazy, he needs to be locked up, as some of his family members thought he should, or he truly is the Lord, or this title of deity, that he is God, and he is over the Sabbath. And the only way that you enter into Sabbath is through Jesus Christ. Thirdly, this, this other thing that happens here, look at verse 9, because there's a, a rest that's going to be able, that you're going to be able to remain into. Verse 9 says, So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, which seems odd, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Up until now, as we followed this writer's reasoning in this passage through the text, we see that there is a rest that's been prepared for us, a rest that is still remains for those of us, but it's only found in the person and deity of Jesus Christ. The Jews fell to enter into it because of disbelief, but this promise still remains clear, and this promise still remains on the table for us, is that we get to enter into God's rest through faith. We can rest from the works of religion, the works of seeking to do good because Jesus did all of that for us. And so we don't lean into what we can do or we, we can offer. In fact, that's not going to be good. Or you can lean into what Christ has already done. 
If your soul is weary, if you've come in here and you're filled with pain, worry, anxiety, restlessness, hear the offer on the table that Christ has this Sabbath rest for you, and that's only through Jesus Christ. I've always thought that verse 11 was odd. Let us strive to rest. Isn't that weird? Let's work hard to rest so that no one will fail. Isn't that odd? Does anyone not find that verse odd? So you got to work hard to rest. I've used this analogy many times in sermons before, but since I just moved here, you've never heard this analogy, so I will use it for you. When I was a kid in Alabama, we call it wrestling. I think y'all call it wrestling. It was a very popular TV production. We'd watch people with odd names, Jake the Snake, Hulk Hogan, old man with long hair, and he's bald at the same time. It's a very odd situation. We'd watch old men in tight underwear wrestle. Has anyone ever experienced wrestling? Of course, nowadays you can't watch it because it's, it's almost very inappropriate. But anyway, as a kid, I'd stay up at night. I couldn't, never could go to sleep. So I would come on the couch with my dad and he would be watching wrestling. And, and I, would, I would finally just kind of go to sleep. And then I would wake up the next morning and I would find myself very oddly confused because I would be in my bed. I don't remember getting into my bed. I don't remember finally someone picking me up and taking me to my bed. I just remember going to sleep. And I would think to myself, this is a very odd situation. Did I levitate here? Did aliens carry me to this room? And did they probe my body? Did you see this is how these things that work in my brain? And I realized, how did it get here? And I think this is the kind of rest that the writer of Hebrews is talking about, that, that your aim in life is not to work, but your aim in life is to rest in Jesus. And the moment that you can find that rest, that Sabbath, Christ, he picks you up, he carries you, he strengthens you, he gives you everything that you need, and he places you exactly where you need to be, away from the anxieties, away from the cares of the world and the worries. He removes you from the age of restlessness, and he brings you into his peace. That's, that's what the writer is, Hebrews is just telling us here. You want to find rest? Find Jesus. And look what he does. He strengthens you when you're resting in him. He gives you peace when you're resting in him. He gives you assurance when you're resting in him. He gives you the confidence that you need when you're resting in him. He gives you wisdom. He gives you all of the things that you need in life to continue on when you just rest in Jesus. Do you see the gospel of Christ in this? That Christ Jesus, he took on your anxieties. He took on the pain. He took on the wrath of God so that you and I would not have to endure such wrath, but that you and I could enjoy the benefits of the resurrection of Christ. The benefits being that we get to rest in an age 
of anxiety. Let's pray this morning.